Welcome Tributes to JabberCast, a Hunger Games podcast hosted by JabberJays.net. Today is Saturday, May 30th, 2020, and you're listening to episode 38, Snow Lands on Top. My name is Crystal, and I'm joined today by Jennifer in Los Angeles. Hello. Ronnie in New York. Hello. Tash in Australia. Hey, guys. And Zach in Connecticut. Hello, everyone. Okay, so uh, this is our third part of our uh, discussion on ballot, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And today we're mm-hmm. going to be discussing part three, which is chapters 21 to 30 and the epilogue. Ooh. So much. <laughs> so much to talk about. Oh my god, yeah. So I, for me, like, when I started part three, I was, I, I was a, uh, maybe halfway into chapter 21. I was like, wow, the tone of this book just changed <laughs> oh yes yeah it's a completely different it's a completely different book yeah. oh, just like and she pulls it off um i mean it, there's been some controversy it, because it is so different but i will say like this i can't believe she managed to introduce a whole new cast of characters and still make me like really get to know them and like them yeah mm-hmm. yes like the cubby, in the last 150 pages of the book yeah right God, yes. I, it was like a it was like a roller coaster of of emotions for me in this one because I I went through so many different phases of liking and hating part three. <laughs> yes. Because uh, when it first starts, I'm just like, oh my god, what is going on? I, I I had just gotten through like being happy that the two of them won, and feeling like okay, I I, I don't feel so good about liking that Snow won, but okay, we're just gonna go with that. And then he yeah. just gets that stripped away from him, and then he's. He's heading off and, 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 and he's doing all these menial tasks like peeling potatoes and washing dishes and mopping and things like that. And I was just like, okay, I kind of I, I like this actually because, you know, he's getting a taste of what it's like to be doing uh, non-capital menial things, right? So and I was like, this could be good for him. But then and I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> he becomes President <laughs> Snow somehow. <laughs> It was not going to end well from the very beginning. Uh, no. Yeah. I will say, though, he, Snow in part three, despite being in, as, despite being an official peacekeeper now, I did you get the feeling that he was more free than he was in the capital? Yeah. Like, he yeah. had a freer life. Yeah. I think he had less expectations of himself, right? So it's just like nobody cares or expects anything. So... Yeah, it's like, cause... oh, I, I have no expectations of myself. I can do whatever I want because no one cares. Well, and building a little... Yeah. He pretty much considers himself hitting rock yeah. bottom. So he doesn't have, exactly. like, the pressures yeah. that he had before, right? So... Yeah. So, Self-imposed so, pressures, societal pressures. Mm. Him, it's like, you go... Your career goes to 12 to die. <laughs> and just, or like, fall in love, apparently, and, like, live the simple life. <laughs> and well, as simple, the audience simple, reading simple. that, yeah. as the audience reading that, I I feel like we're freer as well to explore, like, to settle in now um, with where he's at. And also, it's just an opportunity for Collins to world, world build and, like, really flesh out the scenery. Yeah. Um, yes. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, That's what I, I mean, loved you... about. Go ahead. Oh no, no, I was gonna say you think you know so much about twelve, right? Like the Hob exactly. and the Beto and stuff. But he, like, you really get to dive deep into it. It's great. 
Yeah, that's what I thought was really interesting too. There, it just made District Twelve seem so much bigger in a way. Like mm. I never thought about them having like peacekeeper barracks yeah. and like a base. Yeah, ah. it, it it just seems so large. But I I really loved that. Well, and also I was struck by the fact that there's no fence yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So the fence is psychological. Oh my god. Yeah. I didn't even notice that because they mentioned the fence, but that's just the fence surrounding the base. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, District, District like, 12 is just open to the wilderness. Yeah. Yep. Because they were just like, oh, then we walked into the woods and I was like, wait a second. Like, yeah. no fence? I don't understand. I also never depicted, I think, that the lake was two to three hours away. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 You know, that was an interesting revelation for me in the book that, yeah, okay, it was, it was a whole day trip. <laughs> Not, you know, yeah. And any wonder it was so unknown. I, I did love the callback to the lake, though. I thought that was just a really cool scene. Um, then I... you kind of get a sense of, like, how it starts. Like, I thought that it was kind of annoying at first because I was like, oh, it just kind of seems like pandering. But I kind of respect it now that I've thought about it. For, for me, it wasn't pandering. This was another part of my, my roller coaster going through part three was that um, I started to get really irritated that snow <laughs> was in all these places that were like catness no. places you know and i was just like why why does snow get to go to the seam why does snow get to go to this place and why does snow get to go to the like go to the meadow and pick blackberries and and, and go to the lake and i was just like these are all catness places can he just back off <laughs> so you felt these uh, those moments were kind of like tainting not only catness or the places but like also your memory of yeah, I mean, these were, yeah, like, yeah. places that Katniss had her best memories, you know, with Gale and things mm-hmm. like that, and um, because that's where she felt the freest, right, is she got to go hunting, yeah. and she got to go do all these things, and and that was how she provided for her family, and so I just felt like that was violated somehow. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. But how interesting <laughs> that those same places of solace for Katniss are also places of solace, were places of solace for Snow. Mm. Until he realizes they're not. Yeah. 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 Until he has that realization later on. I think, you know, he says pretty much like, oh, what do people have to live for if they don't have, you know, wealth and power? Yeah. um, And prominence. And you just think, oh, man, you don't get it, do you? (laughs) Like, you just, you know, yeah. You don't get it, boy. His downward spiral, I mean, a lot of people, I think, at least in my opinion, think that it's it's very, very drastic. But I think, like, throughout the book, he's definitely, like, you can tell he's kind of going out of control just yeah. almost every page. And it, it reminded me of Jack Nicholson in The Shining a little bit. Just, like, kind of that gradual madness. I, I just thought that it was really mm-hmm. brilliant. Good one. And it's a great point, too, because you're right, the, the little seeds and things that are there the whole way through, and there's so many characters that that could be a good influence for him or a moral compass. And they just keep getting rejected and it all builds into ivory. until part three. Oh, you know, there's ivory. more of them. Yeah, and then finally, part three, he throws away the compact and all he's left with is a compass. And you're like, yep. Transformation. Oh, well, the other, oh, too, is, the other thing too is, the other thing too is that um, in parts one and two, he had like this disgust for Dr. Gull. Right. Mm, but once yeah. he got to District 12 yeah. and he felt like he was he, he was he had like almost an impossible climb back to the capital. Um, <laughs> Dr. Gall was suddenly his salvation. You know, that that was he was pleading with her and trying to get her to help him. Right. But mm. um, I mean, we all know now that she had always intended to bring him back. But yeah, 
but he didn't know well, that. But, so but suddenly awful. he, I mean, he still didn't really want to see her when Doctor K came. But even no. even his uh, desires not to see her were not quite what they were before. It was just he no. was just embarrassed, yeah. right? And the Dr. K one's a really interesting point, too, because he was only happy to work with her after he realized that her failure was bigger than, her, yeah. you know, than his. And he's just yeah. like, oh, Well, God in sake. his eyes, right, because he, mm. he felt that it was, a like, a huge failure, but she just felt, oh. um, she didn't feel that same way, right, so. No, not at no. all. I like that her opinions and thoughts were really interesting about both the Jabber Jays and the Mocking Jays. You know, yeah. she was really quite proud of her creation and, how things had evolved even beyond her expectations and what she'd planned for. Um, whereas to Snow, oh my God, you know, they're unnatural, kill them all. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really interesting to learn how they worked too. Mm. Like the, uh, yeah. how they can play back the messages and stuff. Like I didn't really understand, like when I read the original trilogy, I was like, oh, I guess they just like come back and just start talking. But like, it was cool to hear how they have like a kind of a recording system, like a cassette player or something. Mm. Yeah. Very true. I'd be proud well, of making she, that. It, it goes back to like Snow and his idea of control, right? Like that one C. Um, and mm. if you built this thing and you intended it to have this one purpose, but yes. the 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 Jabber J evolved and you know into the Mocking J, that you've lost control of your your invention. And so yep. for him, that's why that's a failure. Whereas for Doctor K, it's like, oh no, it's taken on a whole new life, and this is actually it could be something even better. So I think it's just about the way that you he approach it. And for um, Snow, it's about loss of control. Mm. Yeah, which makes his it, hatred of Mocking Jays. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> if you watch the deleted scene from Catching Fire, um, you can find it on YouTube. I think they where he does the he explains the Mocking Jays and the Jabber Jays. I rewatched that recently. It's very chilling now, especially because you understand why he hates it so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it'd be good to go back and reread the other three now. I'm, I'm kind of glad. I'm, I meant to before this came out, and I just didn't find time. And now I'm actually really glad that I didn't find time because yeah. I think I would have been coloured in a different way. And, and now I actually look forward to reading them again, having read this, and then to go back and read Ballad again and probably have a different appreciation again for what Ballad yeah. is, if mm. that makes sense. Um, I'm starting to reread them as well. It, yeah. I, I highly recommend it, honestly. So, which is just very, very clever. There's, you know, all the, not to mention all the different social commentary and things, but yeah, you, like you said, everything loops back around, everything relates. Um, you can see sort of why things are the way they are. And then, you know, I guess we'll get on to talking about Lucy Gray too, but you think, oh, it's this whole kind of ghost concept and abstract that, you know, he will have buried in his mind. And then here, you know, 64 years later pops up this girl mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, everything he thought he had controlled, erased, you know, didn't exist, just comes back tenfold. Um, yeah. You know. so, Can we talk about Lucy Gray? Yeah, because yeah. Um, Can we? Yeah. so uh, Mon Ivory is, like Lucy Gray describes her, as she calls her her cousin. Mm. So I think Mon Ivory and Lucy Gray are related. And then... Um, so let's talk about whether we think Lucy Gray is a, or whether we think Katniss is related somehow to Lucy Gray. No. I'm not super convinced. No. I kind of think they thought of each other as cousins, as just a group, like cousins. I don't know that they were all yeah. cheap. Uh -huh. Like they mentioned they found, they found and found her. by the side of the road. Like, 
Um, no, that was a different. That was a different Covey, but uh, yeah. But I mean, I see yeah, what you they, mean. Like, two of them were brothers, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Bill Thorpe and Clerk Carmine, but um, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of got the thought that they could be cousins, but they could also just be, you know, part of a big kind of yeah. CS group. But it'd be I, mean, I think she was real. I, I guess though she is related in the sense that we're all pretty sure that Maud Ivory is Katniss's grandma. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, so hundred um, percent. I had I had found um, something in in uh, Mockingjay that really pointed to that. It, it's just too too much of a. It's, it can't be a coincidence. It has to be something that's intentional. So mm. um, let me. You guys can talk. I'm going to look for it. I took a picture. Of it. <laughs> I think the other. <laughs> point into it is a lot of people thought that the house in the scene is probably the same house yeah and yep. you know when i thought about it well yeah if it was passed down to katniss's dad yeah because they do mm-hmm. it through families especially yeah. like if you're seeing that would also make perfect sense as well and another thing I, I saw last night that i thought oh that makes really cool sense i'd forgotten about was that katniss mentions that her mother is pretty much shunned by her family who were sort of an, uh, an apothecary kind of type family for going with her father um yeah and Lucy Gray obviously mentions that the Covey, you know, they're not district, they're not capital, even in 12, you know, they're the odd ones out. Mm. So if Katniss's father is the descendant, you know, is mm. part of, you know, um, her mum being shunned because she chose the father who's Covey. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I'm okay, a little, so I, I found, I found I'm, I'm a little out of the loop. So this is from page uh, 124 of Mockingjay. Um, it's the part where she's talking about, I think she just sang The Hanging Tree. Um, but she's talking, she's remembering to how she first heard it. So she says, uh, in the stillness, I remember the scene. I was home from a day in the woods with my father, sitting on the floor with Prim, who was just a toddler, singing The Hanging Tree, making us necklaces out of scraps of old rope, like it said in the song, not knowing the real meaning of the words. The tune was simple and easy to harmonize to, though, and and back then I could memorize almost anything set to music after a round or two. Mm. So oh that, my god! Yeah, so that's the line that I I feel like points directly to Mod Ivory because yeah. Lucy Gray specifically so says that Mod Ivory can memorize words after just hearing it once. Yeah. And so Katniss being able to do this when she was younger just seems like it's mm. it's intentional. So. Yeah, the thing I think is, so Jays. You know, we know that they only respond. They like they don't sing back everybody, um, and they talk yeah. about Katniss having that gift, her father having that gift, and obviously we know Maud Ivory has it too. When they walk out to the lake, they sing her song. Yeah, and doesn't Katniss repeatedly talk about how her how the Mockingjays loved her her father's voice? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Well, here's here's what I will say, what I really love, especially, okay, when we got to District 12, uh, like a little, I guess it's kind of like you, Crystal, I was like, I was really gritting my teeth, I was terrified that she was going to pull a George Lucas, and like, <laughs> oh my god, everyone is connected, everyone is, like, it's a little too perfect, like, I was just like, no, please don't make, please don't make this person Katniss's great-grandmother, and like, this is all this, and this is that, like, everything's just so tight, and, and I love that there, there's, there's certainly, like, yeah, after hearing that Mockingjay um, excerpt, there's, subtext there that is a possible connection but i love that the most that we got was the hanging tree and that's all we needed i really loved that i really loved that because it's she doesn't she doesn't need to go she doesn't she doesn't need to step beyond the round the what am i trying to say she doesn't need to go beyond that that line 
mm. of realism. Yeah. Um, it would just be a little too perfect, a little too on the nose if it was anything more than what we were giving. Mm. Okay. The tree we know, you know. Yeah. I, it I, took, it took me a few the... chapters, you know, to realize that, that Lucy Gray wrote The Hanging Tree about the hanging of Arlo. Um, I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got that way. As soon as I saw The Hanging Tree, and then as soon as it was like, oh, bang okay that's where that comes from like and i was like yeah. that, that is brilliant like, oh when they they hung up the the wife or the uh the girlfriend with sejanus mm. that like really 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 bothered me i i gasped and i had like actually set yeah. the book down for a second i was like oh my god so new sejanus they, there's something coming to him plus mm. i mean if, if you look up his name he, uh sejanus in history was the assistant to an emperor. I do not remember which one, but he ended up betraying him because he was being treasonous against the government and then getting mm. killed. Yeah. Which, like, good job, Suzanne. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and, it, and it just, I, I, it still just, like, absolutely shocked me when they, when they had his girl uh, get hung yeah. as well. I It was very twisted, very violent. Hey, well, the name. They, she made specific mention that she's, like, young, too, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it's just like when they killed the, when Coriolanus killed Snow, or uh, the mayor's daughter. I cannot mm. remember her name. She has a funny name. I yes. I, that was, that really bothered me as well. I actually had to go back and reread it because I wasn't sure if it was him that killed her. Well, but I guess like, it's like the, the thing that, that really like, chill, gave me chills was um, the context that she gave to the hanging tree because Katniss um, doesn't understand the song. She doesn't understand why the dead man is able to speak. Mm. Because yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's been hung, and she doesn't mm. understand why he can call out if he's dead. But it turns out it's not him, it's the Jabberjays, right? Yeah. And oh, wow. I was just like, wow. <laughs> Absolutely. That'll be good in the movie. That's oh, going to be yeah. chilling in the movie, I'm sure. Very chilling. Yeah. Uh, See, this is th- why I really part three over I wasn't here for I wasn't here to discuss part two so just really briefly I liked I, I liked part two but part three for me is where this really um became where all the significance is at least for me um mm-hmm. I, I I I she just like blew me away with part three um yeah the second half for me was better reading than the first half I mm. thought yeah, and some of those yeah. bits of part three bit up and down. Okay, where are we going with this? What's happening? Okay, you know, this thing with Billy Torp seems like it's going to be more major than it actually turned out to be. Um, yeah, that mm-hmm. was a little disappointing. Um, and then I, I'm glad I sort of, because I've only been able to kind of read a couple of chapters a night, sort of the early parts, and I thought, oh, you know what, hang it, I'm going to wait and read from 27 onwards all in one go. And I'm really glad I did, because I think it was actually a bit better that sec- secondary half when all those puzzles... Yeah started to click into place and and things happened um but yeah it was it was interesting ride i I thought you know and then i felt like at 27 and 28 there's a lot to play out here and we're running out of time in this book like (laughs) huge but it feels like we're running out of time again suzanne like um so that was interesting to me as well how kind of but then in the end everything did wrap up there's nothing else that i could have asked for her to really resolve that she didn't resolve i mean I'm sure there's things we'd all love to perpetually hear about on and on and on. But yeah. I feel like, like kind of what Crystal said, I think, in the group, she's she's tied it off, but she's also left it open if she wants to write any more. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, you know, that's the interesting thing about it. 
I did see today that Apple's actually interested in purchasing the rights for this. Oh. I don't know if you all saw that. Uh, um, <laughs> like buying it from Lionsgate and making it into three movies, but <laughs> they don't know if they don't know if like they want to do like if she's going to write anymore or not. So who knows? It could we could mm. be getting three more of the or two more <laughs> movies or three movies out of this one book, which I do not think would work. No, I don't. I, I, I don't want to do that because I don't. I don't. Series. Yeah, I don't. I don't subscribe TV to series. Apple TV, and I don't intend to. So if they get they they take that and they they um, adapt it, I'm gonna be upset. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, I don't have it either. Too it's many streams. Bye. I know. Like how many more of these things can we have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I'd rather just be able to go to a theater. <laughs> so yeah, I've already got like 50 million subscriptions. <laughs> I don't need more. But um, the one thing about District 12 that I did have a bit of a giggle at and thought that's probably the one thing she did signpost as being absolutely is um, the the baking woman, you know, when they ask for directions to the scene and she's basically a cranky old bitch too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, that's, 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 that's a dark woman. Good <laughs> <laughs> uh, to see the bakery sass, you know, yeah, run strong through <laughs> all the generations. I mean, maybe she was a distant relative to Peter. Oh, Who she knows? has to. Oh, she like, has to be. Oh, she has to be. That's got to be like Peter's like grandma, great grandma, or something. I had a good laugh at that, oh, and I was like, "Thanks, Suzanne. I needed the little, you know, the little laugh in amongst everything else that's uh, <laughs> going on." <laughs> but it's, um, yeah. What did um, y'all think of the? Oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go. You go. Oh, I was just gonna ask, what did y'all think of the concert scenes? Because mm-hmm. I, I mean. It was just, they were long, um, especially when he was going to go first meet Lucy Gray um, at the Hob. Like, it was, it, there was so much tension to it and everything. And yeah. I, I, I was afraid that Suzanne was going to be like, and she looked at him and then spat in his face and ran yeah, away or something it, like that. I thought that's what it was um, going to be too. So when it was Joy, it was, I was like, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was so shocked. But some of the concert scenes went along a little too long for me, honestly. Hard disagree. Hard disagree. Trust me, this is this is my favorite section of the entire book. So please, 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 convince me to like them. <laughs> the floor I, is open. I I think I, I raved about her. Okay, I I know like part three has more singing, um, and not all of the songs are original by Suzanne. Yeah. But there's just something I don't know something about the songs that just really there's deep meaning there um it's like okay pay attention pay attention Zach you have to read this like this is it's it's centered and it's in italics and they're (laughs) short enough that she's every single word has to rhyme and it's very every word is carefully chosen and there's deeper meaning and I really just loved picking those apart for each character Mm -hmm. um it's more, it's, yeah. uh, to your point, it is the way that people can rebel without really rebelling, right? Yeah. Yes. Like you can sing this song and you can keep that rebellious spirit alive, mm-hmm. but you aren't technically breaking any laws, right? Which to, is to why they point, disbanded. That. Yeah. They, they, they banned concerts at the Hub afterwards. I, I think that a lot of it, though, is because I did listen to that part on audiobook. It was during my like one sitting binge. It was like sixteen hours, and by that point, when oh. the guy was singing the songs, it was just like 
He didn't even do. Was the he correction. singing? He no, he didn't even do. But he would like do it in a tune, and he when he did "Oh My Darling Clementine," which like literally everybody knows the tune. It was not that, and I was like, Dude. Oh. <laughs> I was like so annoyed at that point. So I think I just kind of skipped through it because I was so angry. <laughs> I feel like you need to leave a review on Audible or whatever, you know, like, yeah. No, oh gosh, and the editing was really bad, because you, you could tell on, like, parts where they would, like, re-record it, and his voice would sound deeper, oh. but it would only be, like, one Oh, sentence. you gotta read the, I, read the book, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 did, I did read some of it. I'm going to physically read the, the concert scenes, and maybe it'll change my but, mind. Yeah. But I do agree. I mean, it's, she's definitely trying to convey something through each song. Yeah. I think I loved at this point, you know, District 12, like I said earlier earlier on, it still has, you know, that kind of flavour of its own that they do sort of do things in their own way. And it's, it's kind of sad, everything that comes and happens. And you think, like, you know, peacekeepers were sitting among people. I mean, like, I know they had that brawl. But, you know, by and large, everyone is just there doing what they're doing to eke out a living. Um, yeah. You know, there's not any unrest. You know, most people are getting along. You know, he sort of mentions even the peacekeepers, you know, they're going to have to have copious amounts of liquor to, to drown out, you know, hanging um, Sejanus and Lil. Yeah. And, oh, you so know, I, I, before I forget. Take away the music, take away the peacekeeper, you know, yeah. It's, it's kind of sad, you know. It's a community at this point and then it's not a community anymore, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So since we're talking about the hub, um, I, I – this was like the part of the book where I just got this, and it's funny because his name is Snow too, but I just got this very Jon Snow vibe from this part. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> like, because, you know, Jon Snow is like forced to take, he takes the black and he has to go <laughs> and he meets all these new friends and it's just like Snow, I mean, he's got all these other, he's got these new district friends, right? <laughs> and he, yeah, yeah, because he he's the one that's educational training. Like, yeah, and he has to do all these crap jobs and stuff. And <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, this is very Jon Snow, and yet he's Coralina <laughs> Snow too. <laughs> <So> it's funny. <laughs> I've heard a lot of comparisons between this book and Game of Thrones, actually. And I mean, it's I, I don't I don't mind it. I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, no, I don't I, think it was I'm not saying it's either. bad. I just thought it was amusing because it, it reminded it, it was me so very... much of it. Because I mean, <laughs> um, uh, Jon Snow had his own ragtag group of new friends. So, <laughs> and I, I, I liked they his, were also... I liked his new friends too, like Smiley and what's yeah. that one? Yeah, Beanpole. 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 Yeah, yeah, I like them. So. He doesn't and... think too highly of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's one of the, the dynamics, right, is you can see even in his inner monologue the reason he likes them, and I feel like he is a little bit more open with them, is because in his mind he can look down on them. Yeah. So it's yeah. not genuine friendship. And, you know, no. that is the consistency throughout all mm -hmm. of Snow, throughout the entire book, is that it's never genuine friendship. It is just, where do I stand with you? And if I'm higher up than you in my, my own inner like hierarchy, then, all right, great, we can be friends. But that's his definition of friendship. And it's not, you know, it, it's, it's not the traditional version of friendship. Right. And great. Yeah, like, and even after yeah. dies, he's like, oh, cool, hang on, I'll play the card that we were like brothers. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, like he, he doesn't actually he, think he it. And He's it's, like, he was so it's, excited. It's sad too because he was really excited when he saw Sejanus. He said he, mm -hmm. he'd never been more excited to see anyone in his life, right? So yeah, but I think that was just because he was kind of. I mean, if I was just sent into this unknown, crazy, like mm -hmm. change of life situation, 
if there's somebody that you didn't like that showed up (laughs) yeah it's a connection to home yeah yeah Yeah. exactly that's why he valued him is just because of that I, yeah. I was not happy to see Sejanus. I was just like, oh, I thought you were safe. <laughs> yeah, I was so upset. Yeah, very as much soon as he safe. showed up, as soon oh. as he showed up, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, as soon as he was out the back with Billy Torp as well, you're just like, oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when, when he goes and sees the, immediately. Yeah, when oh. he sees him with the map, I was like, no. <laughs> He's like, doomed. What have you... yeah, trust Maude Ivory. She's bad news. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Well, she was very fixated on those walnuts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was. She was cute. Uh, I really liked her. She was, I did like. Wow, her. She was so cute. I just. I um, feel so bad. I want to. Go ahead. Oh yeah, you go. You go, Ronnie. Okay. Um, I feel really bad that um, they all ended up just like disbanding. Though I'm, I'm assuming, after Lucy Gray disappeared, I'm just like very curious to how each of them kind of figured out their lives. I saw one rumor online, not rumor, um, like theory that one of them turned out to be the goat man because there, there was a mention of them having like a goat or somebody going out to get a goat in the covey. And uh, I thought that was really interesting. I would like to know more about them though. I I thought it was interesting that I kind of got attached to all of them, even though there was not much about them. Mm -hmm. I figured that just keep leading do you guys think that, that the Covey live in the Everdeen house? I think it's possible. I think so. It's possible. Because they live at the edge of the seam, and they live near the meadow, and... Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and I can if see... If that is, you know, then, yeah, you'd pass the house down through families, like we said. So, yeah. So, so the, 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 way, the, the way that I was thinking of it family-wise is that Maud Ivory is Katniss's grandma and she has yes. Katniss's dad or she gets married she takes the Everdeen name she mar- uh, she has Katniss's dad who then marries Mrs. Er- uh, the uh, Katniss's mom and they have the two yep. girls um but yeah so and and he would be he was the one who taught the songs the the hanging tree to Katniss so he would have learned yeah. from his mother right which is which would be Maud Ivory so yeah no, that's that's a. I think that's a. Honestly, I. I mean, I've seen people think. I mean, what, what are y'all's Lucy Gray theories? Because I did see somebody say like Lucy Gray might be Katniss's grandmother, and I'm like, I don't think no, so. I, I don't think, think it it's is her. Ivory. No, no. I. I, I they would have mentioned a... Katniss would have mentioned if they're the live other, only other winner of District Twelve was. Yeah, <laughs> a that's also true. Yeah. That's also true. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, I think it's Maude Ivory, though, 100%. I think it, Lucy Gray died, honestly. Yeah, yeah can I, we I don't talk have Lucy a very Gray? good... Yes, yeah, yes. I, I yes. have a very good outlook of what her future was like. I, no. I, I don't think he killed her. Other than either. But I, 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 think I think he, I she think probably, he killed her. I think she probably just died in the wild on her own, just because she had to, mm. she had to set out by herself, and she... Probably yeah. had to leave all her things, all her supplies that she had taken behind, so she had to go on her own. And I don't, I don't know what happened to her, but I don't have a very good. I'm not very right. optimistic about it. So, yeah, but I mean, maybe either. she made it north, but that's that's tough. So yeah, <laughs> very tough, especially when she made it. I don't think. as well. So like none of that other group that Billy Torp was talking about actually left either. So yeah, so, uh, solo. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't think she died either. I, uh, reflecting on it overnight too, I'm actually starting to ponder whether a lot of 
that last moments of snow is actually all in his head. Um, oh, that, oh, that'd be good to read, read that, honestly, mm. in that aspect, because I never thought about that. His panic when, when the he's shooting. Fight, later, yeah. it's not. And there's actually no proof that she's there at all. I mean, they mentioned that the, you know, the orange scarf actually comes loose on her a little bit earlier and he retires it for her. So they already established that it can just, you know, kind of fall off on her. Oh, it. my God. And the snake, you know. So I'm actually starting if a lot of it actually is in his head and she's not there at all. Yeah, she's put the pieces together then and she's actually, you know, buggered off because he said, oh, I've killed three. And she's like, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> she's a survivor. She knows that she's just left him in a house with guns. Uh-huh. Yep. She's not going to, like, yeah. play games in the woods with him. No. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. This is this is interesting. Yeah. So when she left, mm. when she left the cabin, I I was like, Snow. I, it's funny. Like, at this point of the novel, I was totally in Snow's head. And I'm like, why would she be hiding from him? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, yes, there was that slip up of, like, oh, I killed three people. Sorry, LOL, I killed two. Um, <laughs> but then, and then she like completely goes AWOL and I'm like, why would she be hiding? Why? And I was like, yeah, there's no way that she, she's playing games with him. That's not her style. So like, do you guys think that she saw those guns in the cabin and she put two and two together and she just like booked it? Yeah, like right I, then I and there. So. She was smart. Because she, she also said when they find the guns, she looks at them for a long moment and then she says, nah, I don't trust them. Yeah. And yes, strong and, and he I don't trust. Them. That was she's a tell. super sharp. Yeah. she knew. Yeah, I think that's actually, actually I don't trust them is as much I don't trust the guns as I no longer trust you. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the the snake was in the scarf though, right? Well, it was near it. It was around it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was by the bush. Really it was in the bush. Mm. Okay. Well, I I think she probably maybe I mean maybe it fell off, but I think maybe she she could have just left it with the snake too, I, and it was just to slow him down. I don't think it was to like toy with him or anything. So no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it could be I just thought that it was just. Too. I just thought that it was just a random snake, honestly, exactly. and it he just was going crazy and was like, yeah. oh, she planted this. Yes. Because you're right. As soon as she walks out, his mind is boom, insta paranoid. You know. And he's just like in the bushes. You know, he's got a chance to climb the ladder again. And he just goes straight through. Okay, well, hang on. Who can take this away from me? Oh, Lucy, she's the only living witness. And, you know, we saw a couple of chapters ago how just, boom, he just kills Mayfair. And it's like, oh, well, because she can talk. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. You know, wow, this is the snow we know. You know, anybody. And, and Lucy Grace saw that, so. Yeah, exactly. She knows yeah. what he's capable of. Yep. Mm. Um, you know, and we know that through and through with him, you know, anybody that, that poses a threat to his, his status quo. Um, he didn't even I mean, hesitate. He killed right? bottom at the end. No, yeah, he, he didn't even hesitate. So, um, but, but yeah, so it's funny because when when I was on chapter thirty and they, they were like, you know, they meet at the hanging tree and they're like, like, oh yeah, we're gonna run off together. I'm like, what is going on? How is this gonna end? I was like, I'm on the last chapter. What? Yeah. <laughs> It but was it such was... a fast spiral. I know, mm. but it, it. Well, I mean, when you think about it, though, it, it made total sense because, uh, no, like, like you said, like it was like a couple hours trek trek to the lake. 
Mm. So he has yeah. all that time to get irritated with everything, right? About what, yeah. what he's like leaving behind and reminders of what he has to put up with and what it's going to be like living in the woods, actually. So, yeah. And knowing, just... too, that there is another option, right? Like the reason that he is yeah. fine with going to District 12 in the beginning is because, oh, like I have no other options. But now suddenly, like, oh, there is that little glimmer of hope in that option, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you could go to officer training camp or whatever it is um and suddenly like oh this isn't my only option Mm -hmm. I agree I think that like that just weighs on him all of a sudden like oh this doesn't have to be my only choice yeah he's how I'm gonna get back you know yeah yeah he's an opportunist but like the worst kind I guess (laughs) yeah I want to mention my favorite moment of I think honestly it's the whole book and it's in chapter 30 and it's when he is so he's trying to find Lucy Gray and he just starts I think either it's in his head or she's actually singing the hanging tree but he starts shooting above him in a circle trying to shoot at her or the Mockingjays so it's just like it's raining bullets and a song and it's just like it's so cinematic (laughs) <laughs> I know. And it's like oh, so over dramatic. I loved it. Yeah. It says, I think it says there as well that the the there's like birds screaming. Yes. Like at the same time. So like, I think it'd be kind of like the Jabberjay scene. Like I imagine it yeah, like that, but like times a thousand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very important mm-hmm. now, isn't it? <laughs> oh God. Yes, it is. Oh God. This has to be rated R at least. <laughs> I hope it is rated a little stronger. I mean, we talked in part two about, like, you know, how a lot of the audience has aged up with the books and how maybe this yeah. YA but but new age. And I don't know. I Yeah, I feel like it would be a bit of a disservice if, if some of these things weren't presented in the book the way that Susan I agree. Yeah, I mean, and I, I don't, I'm not a fan of, like, trying to push, push like, kids to watch something like this. Because no. watching and reading oh, yeah, is no. different. So um, yes. I just feel like seeing it. And, and and if you cut it out or t- t- uh, tone it down, then you do disservice to the book. So yeah, it takes away the effect. Yeah, the one bit that oh, com- is just you know Francis Lawrence and the same team, and I think someone mentioned at the moment the same producer and stuff is catching fire. Um, yeah, Nina I thought tonally they did a very good job with. I mean, that was a, probably a hard book to cut things out of. Oh. God. But what they chose to keep, I think, very much kept the message intact. Yeah. And they kept the, the violence. I mean, the District 11 scene is still just, like, super, super haunting. Mm. So, you know, it's you're... Very effective. Cool. Fingers crossed. Hopefully this is in good hands. I think it is. Yeah. Unless they do three movies, then I, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they can, I don't even think they can do that. <laughs> well, and it's got the same producers, right? Nina Jacobson is still yes. um, part of that. And she has spearheaded some amazing storytelling. So I okay. feel yes. like we should have faith. Very true. American crime story. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I, I met her at the, the part two premiere in New York. And it like when she came on the red carpet, everybody, like all the fan sites we go mom and she was so excited <laughs> to see us she like kind of scampered on over she was so 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 sweet oh that's nice um what about snow himself the end and even the epilogue changes oh he's no longer Coraline. he's snow oh i yeah. need to talk about dean high bottom oh, oh that whole, yeah that's insane yep. i <gasps> 
I couldn't figure um, it out. I couldn't figure out why he gave Lucy great money and stuff like that. But yeah, when when it when they got to that guilt. last, I know yeah. when they got to, I was like, oh my god, yeah. he totally is the Hamish of this book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he is he is portrayed like this is what I mean. Like when I say Suzanne Collins, like she totally plants seeds in the very beginning, like high as a kite bottom. Like you know, you think like that's just a character quirk right to remember him by like i didn't think of putting two and two together like oh that he started the game so he's mm -hmm. using he becomes an addict um out of guilt i totally never and then in the last page like that you just get that that bomb drop and suddenly the puzzle fits together perfectly i didn't see it at all yeah and yeah what become what was just a an innocent the, the start character. Of the poisoning too so yeah mm -hmm. yeah it, it was very Snape-like to me. Like, I like when I when I was reading it because he, he was just like this really mean teacher, and then at the end you realize that it was all for like because of his past, his family's past, and then he ends up dying anyway. <laughs> and that really, his Snow's dad was sure, sure. Um, High Bottom like came up with the concept of the games, but. Mm -hmm. Snow's dad was the one that really. Yep. He was worse than him. Snow, I think. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very Snow trait. You know, make sure he was the one that was going to get ahead. I mean, because he was like one of the top generals in the army or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I'm sure he was just, just such an awful person, especially if he kind of went along with the Hunger Games and used it as his idea and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean,. Kind of explains why Snow is the way that he is. It's, it's <laughs> kind of funny family, that um, it's kind of funny that something similar happened with Snow as as with his dad, um, like with the proposal with Clemencia, and he was like the opposite. <laughs> like he tried to oh, get, yes. like he tried to get for credit too, right? So, mm -hmm. but it was something that he had come up with instead. So, but yeah, I just it, it's interesting how she does like the the like father like son kind of thing. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. The interesting parallel for me with Highbottom and, and Haymitch was that we find that in Katniss's time, like, there's still a little bit of Haymitch left. You know, he, yeah. he comes around eventually and, and, and he helps them and, um, you know, does the right thing ostensibly. And then, but in Highbottom, unfortunately, it's all gone. You know, 10 years of Dr. Gall, um, or more than, you know, it, it's just all gone. Um, you kind of wonder if, you know, look, it probably wouldn't really have changed anything, but it's another one of those what-if moments about a character being a, a more positive influence on Snow. Um, you know, maybe if he had told him straight up about his father stealing the idea yeah. or had been so yeah. you know, angry and, and everything towards him, would it have made any difference? Probably not. But again, you know, through this whole book, Suzanne's just been telling us over and over and over again how we treat people, how much of an impact we can have on people. Well, and yeah. plus, um, it, it's yet another uh, turning point for Snow, right? Because um, he's he's gone from killing for from necessity to killing to hide his yep. his crimes to killing just to advance, right? So he's he's yep. es definitely escalating. So, mm -hmm. um, and then yeah, and then that that's how we end up with the Snow that we have in Katniss time, right? So, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, because I mean, he... Dean Highbottom is. I mean, if you count Dean Highbottom, he's like his fourth kill. So he kills four people in this book. So, yep. I'm wondering how long it takes for him to be president because I think they say I think Phoenix says in Mockingjay that he was very young when he rose to power. 
and he's like 18 in this book so I, i'm very curious to see how long it took him to get to where he yeah. ended up being I, I think it probably has to do with like whenever dr gall feels like she's ready for him to it, it just feels like she, he's her puppet so Mm. Oh, I think she. I think he killed. I think he killed her eventually. Yeah, probably. So like to to get above. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Very Sith Lord esque. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I like that. I like that we don't know. Yeah. I I really like. Yeah. That. I really do like that. I really like that we don't know exact. Like we got in Mocking Jay, um, that he poisoned people. And we got a little bit of his rise, but. I really like that this ends with a very his 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 future is not quite clear as to how he gets to where he is. Mm. But all we need to know is that he has he after the events of this book, he is now capable to start making that ascent. I yeah. really like that. Mm. I do as well. The saddest part to me, really, in that epilogue too, is is Sejana, you know, is dead. Oh, the and continues to be used um yeah oh yeah you know his possessions are then used to be you know to murder high bottom um i was actually thinking about it and i didn't i'm like why didn't i kind of click two and two together before but plinth you know a plinth is what you hold a statue up on and everything oh oh my god the end of the book <laughs> the plinth essentially is the statue that snow builds himself upon he takes oh my he takes it <laughs> yeah. he takes their you know um uh, yeah, I'm like, how did I not connect this earlier? Uh, yeah, I was thinking about it overnight, just going, Suzanne, you wily, wily fox. <laughs> like, well, um, I mean, I didn't pick so it up at all. Smart. I was now years old when I realized that. <laughs> when yeah, you said that just now. Well. I was, yeah, I was just That's thinking insane. about it last night. Going, Absolutely, he just takes he takes everything. It, you know, it's the yeah. bait. You know, then he's talking about, oh, we'll put an elevator in and we'll do this and we'll do, you know, like, oh, crushing. I'm I'm so shocked. Wow, I did not know that at all. That's great. <laughs> Which is what, why I'm very curious, though, is, is I, I'm, is, like, Zach, I agree with you, where I don't want to, like, necessarily see his rise to power, because I do like that, mm. like, kind of ambiguity, but I want to know what happens between him and Tigress. Yeah. I, mean, I, yeah. I do like that ambiguity as well, but, like, obviously she became a stylist for the games, yeah. and I'm, I'm shocked that she would agree to something like that because she she's so against them in this book yes I, so it I would be great to get a book from her perspective mm. oh i would love that i would yeah. absolutely love that who knew that she'd become such like an interesting character like this random character in mockingjay <laughs> and it being one of the most interesting characters in the series <laughs> that was so interesting i was talking to a friend of mine um if Suzanne were to do a follow-up to this, I would want it to be from Tigress's point of view. Mm. Um, yeah. Maybe just follow a couple years of, of her as a stylist in the game games. I, just to maybe... Again, I like like you, Ronnie. Like I, I, I like the ambiguity. I like that we don't necessarily know what... It could have been anything, really, that happened between them. Um, but I do... I would like to see her POV. Mm. Hopefully, when if they split the movie into three parts, maybe they can do that. <laughs> that would. Be... I mean, were were y'all shocked at the end when he got sent back to the capital? No, not really. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
I, I don't I know did, why it surprised find, me so much. I did find it amusing when Dr. Gall was like, what, you didn't think I was going to spend all that yeah, time with Alan you and just God, send yeah. you out there, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and he was very smart in working her too, right? Like before yeah. he even left for District 12, he turned in his homework and, and never like was angry about it, just wrote thank you. And yes. you know, he wrote those yeah. letters. Like he was always in the back of his mind, like let's keep this door open, right? Like keep that back door open and unlocked. Um, and so I think she saw that and was like, oh yeah, this kid's got, you know, some, Mm. some future here. (laughs) She she was definitely grooming him. So yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it became sort of more obvious to me when she wrote back, you know, like when the commander said, oh, we thank you, you know, like for your sacrifice kind of thing, it can't have been hard to turn your friend in. You're like, okay. Yep. She's got, she got the recording. She's got the letter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She's got a hand in everything. Still. She sees that he's willing to do anything. Yep. Yes. Without even curious. like the promise of like coming back to the capital or whatever. It's just no, I'm willing to roll on my friends. The yep. person yeah. who from outside is my best friend. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I was rereading because I was actually physically reading the the first part of the book today. Um and it, I, I noticed that the grandmam said something like when snow is president. Like I and I'm curious. Like I thought at first, I was like, "Is it like a a family bloodline situation?" But I guess not, because there's another president there. Or was she just being like hopeful that he was going to be president one day? I think she was just being hopeful. But that was actually one of my favorite parts in part two that I forgot about. It was when her, when uh, Tigress and Snow were joking about her. I said, "When Coralinus is president, it will rain champagne every Tuesday." Yes. And it's also, really... also one of the moments that ring the most true for me because I feel like a lot of us have those experiences where like when we're when we're younger, like adults that raise us, they're like, Oh, when you'll be when you're president one day, you'll you know, like yeah, yeah. it's it's it, yeah. That's why I found I I said in part one, like, I find the grandmam like really endearing, even though I really shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> She's precious. I thought that it was interesting though, like right before the uh he went on his train to district twelve that they spent time together on the roof mm. and like, and like watch the sunrise and stuff. It's like a good, cool callback to the trilogy. Mm. Yes. Because that, that was kind of like his hunger games, basically. Like it was his, his big change of home and yeah. change of life, I guess. Very true. All right. Um, and when it, I think more foreshadowing, he says somewhere in part three, when Lucy and, and Gray and he have that disagreement, he says, but I don't run Panem. And he's like, yeah. oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Just you wait. Little do you know. <laughs> yeah. um, um, and that crazy. was a really interesting point to me too, actually, that whole scene there in their, their disagreement, you know, it's that whole freedom versus control, like Jen said earlier, and he just, he just can't see, you know, kind of any other viewpoint really. Yeah. But, and, you know, he's just like, nah, he's just, he's gone. <laughs> he's always just very controlling of Lucy Gray, though. Just, mm-hmm. just always. Yeah. It's very much his property, like my yeah. girl, all of that. It, it, yeah. It's just creepy. It's so creepy. Mm. Which is an interesting point, though, because the romance, I mean, it, it, it had a different importance in the trilogy, but I think kind of the importance of it in, in this book, in a sense, is that he just misunderstands love. You know, he, he, does, he thinks it's love, but it's actually the whole time, like you said, he's just treating her as a possession, a thing to have and a thing to control. Well, uh, see, that, that that goes into why I was kind of okay with how Lucy Gray ended. Mm. 
because yeah, I didn't same. I didn't want her to end up being his oh. capital thing, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, so I, I think was terrified really... that was what was going to happen. I was actually terrified that she was going to end up being an Avox, and yeah. she was, she wouldn't be able to oh, sing God. anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I was so scared oh, that was going to be what happened. Oh, that would have been good though, Crystal. That would have been dramatically <laughs> would good. Would not have been good. That would have been so horrible. <laughs> it would have been so tragic. Oh, <laughs> would have really got me. Like this ending is tragic, right? But like that would have been tragic too. Well, yeah, okay. So this, since we're talking about tragic, let's go. We, we we skipped ahead, but let's go back to Sejanus. So when he finally, oh. um, <laughs> when he finally meets his end. Oh, because he feel like he was going to meet his end like so many times. I know, he just, and he kept he was skirting so, around it. Yeah, I don't know how he wasn't punished earlier. I mean, I guess because of his dad, but like, yeah, he got away with so much, like, <laughs> way so much. Like, it's it's insane. It is. Yeah, oh. but yeah, I also I, feel I, like actually, the capital was two... less strict. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Totally cool. Yeah, no, they totally were. Because I, I mean, people I thought... didn't watch the games even. I mm. thought in part two it was going to turn out that he was hiding Marcus at his house or something like that. Because, you know, Marcus oh, was yeah. part one. Part, part one? Was it? Yeah, I think it was part one. But I thought he was hiding him. I thought that was going to be how, how mm-hmm. Sejanus met his end. But yeah, he made it all the way to part three. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I was he... so shocked when he showed up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he, the way that he died, though, it, that, that broke me. It yeah. broke me. I, I I started sobbing. It was just so hard because just the way that it was done because I, I liked Ma so much. Mm. And the oh, way yeah. That, the way that Coralinus was using them and like just enjoying their food but hating them at the same time and um yeah, it was just it was too much and I had to t- I had to like take a break for a little while just because <laughs> it was awful. And yeah, then uh, when I finally when I when I finally got the courage to start reading again and I got to chapter 29 and then like Coralinus is going through his things and he like breaks down crying and it's just so sad because um you know this is another turning point for him because mm-hmm. you know th- we we've been talking in in these episodes about how there's good snow and bad snow and how um he, they've been battling each other and, and this is just another another thing right I mean he he got him killed and he he at some point refers to him as as like a brother and and he's just saying it but at the same time um you can you get the impression that the good part of him really does feel some something like for that. him right i mean because he he's like hoping that he's not doing these things he's hoping that he doesn't have to i mean he doesn't have to he's hoping that he doesn't have to turn him in and record him and stuff like that he doesn't want him to be uh, a rebel because he just wants him to I don't know <laughs> be he, I mean, he wants him to he wants though. him to comply right so yeah mm-hmm. it's like what he said in the classroom scene because when it was one of the times that Sejanus was going wild I think there's like three classroom scenes that are like that but um it, it, Snow thought like you just need to sit down and just like calm down yeah and he was like I, I like don't don't say anything that'll get you in trouble mm. and uh, i guess he just kind of had it with it but but very quickly though i want to touch on the the cr- a snow crying after sejanus's um hanging um oh, yeah he's, he does he does he, he he well he does cry for um sejanus and, and out of guilt but very quickly though those tears 
um, oh, shift yeah. into yeah. tears of, oh my god, now I'm next. Yeah. Oh my god, it's it's all about yeah. me. Yep. And it's but almost I'm, subtle to shift. But at the same time, um, everybody has that, that self-preservation bit in them, so I, I don't necessarily uh, hold that against him. I don't because... begrudge him for it, no, yeah. Yeah, because he's just he's just seen him get get yeah, hung, yeah. right? So that's traumatic enough as it is, especially since like when when Sejanus is being led up to the the noose, he he looks at him and and says Corio, you know, like pleading with him, and he just has to he closes his eyes, right? He doesn't watch it. Yeah, but he hears it. Yeah. So. Mm, so awful. Very awful. Um. Yeah. Um, and- moment as well um i like that we weren't told the narration um sejanus saying ma i like that where we know what he says through the jabberjays so yeah. like we don't mm-hmm. text our audience we don't hear his voice we hear the oh, jabberjays mm. it, it was a really great um narration device i, I like that mm. and and they, it's like ma 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 ma. So I just got the impression it was like a bunch of Jabberjay saying it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> oh, this book was very disturbing. Yeah, poor it's, dude. It's like, when it's, she, like when you think she's done torturing us, she just kind of goes further with it. Yep, that one's gonna be a hard one to watch. Like you know, I don't, oh, I don't know God, if I, I, I don't know if I cried during any of the other deaths in in the Hunger Games trilogy. So. I don't know. Maybe this is the first one. <laughs> it was rough, yeah, I don't though. Think so. I do. I think in the first one, that happened so quickly together. I remember in Mockingjay having nearly like a book against the wall kind of moment with Finnick, and you sort of you just oh, you're just yeah. getting over Finnick, and she does prim, and you're like, God. Oh, no. oh God. I guess I'm not talking very fast. Like, yeah. Like I, I think I talked about how I, I didn't understand that Prim was dead when I first read Mockingjay. And oh I no, think so, it was the well. it was the same thing with Finnick because I think it was like a flashback kind of thing, right? Where yeah. she she saw flashes yeah. of Finnick's life flash before her eyes, and so yes. I I was just like, what? what what just happened? And then they, when they talk about how Finnick's gone, I was just like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. Finnick's right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I just didn't think that she wanted to be too too like violent, kind of yeah. like leave it up to imagination. Yeah. But I remember crying when it was the first time I read it with the girl in the the lemon coat, um, the lemon yellow coat. Yeah. Um, I mean they they did it kind of in the movie, but like where her mom gets shot, like when the rebels are attacking, mm-hmm. and then she gets shot, and and I like put down the book and I would like. I just started crying immediately. <laughs> oh. So I think that it was way more descriptive than like the other deaths, which like like Prim and Finnick. Um, it, it like really bothered me for like days afterwards. Very Schindler's List. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. What I was it, thinking yes. of too. The red, the girl in like red coat. Yeah. Oh. It's interesting though. Like you bring out a great point too about uh, I. I liked it in this book. Maybe like is not the right word, but but because I suppose I read a lot of World War Two history and war history, but everything keeps coming back around to that as well for Snow. Yeah. The, the ramifications that it has on the future. And, you know, that was one of the things I loved in the, in the original trilogy, this sort of idea of, of playing with a necessary war or, or what you think might be necessary at the time and, and the costs of that, not, not just the human cost, but, you know, all these sorts of things that play into it and, you know, it was more prevalent in part one and part two, but I think even in part three, there's still those seeds there because you get to see the districts as well. Um, yeah. You 
how that plays out and how those ripples will just keep impacting for generations and generations. Um, I'm glad she kind of continued on with that theme too. I agree. I was I was really bummed at first that we were going back to District 12. I was like, oh gosh, like I've already read about this, but I mean, she just expands everything you think you know about it. It's. Mm. It, I, I'm wondering how much she had planned, like when she wrote it, or when she wrote the original trilogy. Um, because like it, this is just it, it's so good. I mean, it, it seems like it's it's a natural extension. Yeah. Um, or like Crystal said, I think you said this in part two. You know, is she one of those authors that has like you know the the big whiteboard or the big wall yeah. filled with all the you know this connects to this and whatever you know like yes yeah. or is it all just up there in her head and she can put it together I don't know but it was incredible everything that connected to everything else it, like you said in a right way in an, in a natural way without feeling it, yeah it flowed it flowed really really well I think mm. okay so um, we should probably start wrapping up so let's do the thing that we've been doing which is where people can go around and. Uh, read off a quote that stood out for them from this part so yeah who wants yep. to go first um i do um <laughs> it's on 506 it starts at uh the lake water it's uh the lake water had reduced his mother's rose scented powder to a nasty paste and he threw the whole thing in the trash mm -hmm. the photos stuck together and shredded when he tried to separate them so they went the way of the powder. Only the compass had survived the outing. He peeled mm. off his clothes and scrubbed off the last bits of the lake. When he dressed, he took down his duffel and began to unpack, returning the compass to his box of personal items and stowing it deep in the bag. Like, it, it's crazy that he, he just, it just shows he doesn't care about anything anymore. Like, other than like his, his father and like mm -hmm. what his father did and how he mm -hmm. wants to kind of emulate that as much as possible. I mean, he valued that rose-scented powder so, so, so much. Yeah. And I think I think he hated it when he had to, like, take it out. I mean, he took it out and gave the empty compact to Lucy Gray, but, like, he kept the powder. Yeah. I mean, it, and how he just kind of let it go like that. Mm-hmm. Yep, the rejection and of everything. He's not yeah. a mama's boy anymore. <laughs> no. Not anymore. <laughs> and then even when he reclaims the compact later from High Bottom, it's, it's just all so cold. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just give me my possessions back. It's not a yeah. You know, yeah. He's gone. It's the moment when Coriolanus is gone and Snow is uh yeah. It was very. It's just very chilling. It was very good writing as well. I love that. Mm. Um. I liked. I can't remember what page it's on, but it's it's when they go to the seam and find Lucy Gray, etc., for the first time, and and she's talking about Billy Torp and their confrontation and. She says to him, you know, what makes him a victim makes me trash. Um, yes. I just thought that was really good, again, with the callback to Tigris, you know, people who have to choose between death and disgrace. And then, you know, really quickly, Snow brushes it off again, I don't want to think about it. And, and yeah, yeah. I think the point Suzanne's trying to make is why, you know, we people have to make choices. Um, you know, sometimes always those choices maybe aren't, you know, morally the, the right thing or ethically the right thing, but... You know, we all do what we do in order to survive. Um, yeah. And, you know, that just really stuck with me. And, and then later on when they have that argument, I'm like, yeah, he just he just can't see to her point of view at all. Anyone that, you know, does anything different. So. Okay. Um, any, any, Jen, Jen, do you have one? Yeah. So mine was um, just on 
page 343, which was sort of the beginning of the section. And it was when Sejanus and Coriolanus were talking about um, uh, Dr. Gall. Um, and Coriolanus says, you know, I think that's how she thinks we all are, natural-born killers, inherently violent. The Hunger Games are a reminder of what monsters we are and how we need the capital to keep us from chaos. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because he's talking about how, like, isn't she terrible? Like, that's how she thinks, you know, like, she thinks about the power dynamic in that way. And, you know, by the end of the book, he's adopting that exact same attitude mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, oh, yes. buying into it. And mm-hmm. so how quickly... Um, his time in 12 and his um, and his experiences change him. Yeah. 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 Great point. I like that one too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, mine is on uh, 456. And um, it's like not important overall to like the whole story necessarily, but it's important for Lucy Gray. I feel it's, um, it's a line from her song. I think it's about Billy Top. At least Snow thinks it is that she wrote. Um, and it's, you get up late, won't say a word. You've been with her. That's what I heard. I don't own you, so I've been told. But what do I do when the nights get cold? Mm. Um, I don't know. Like, that really, that that struck me. Um, especially because I feel like for Lucy Gray, she's, she has the Kobe, um, but she's also, I, I just feel like she's a very lonely character. Mm-hmm. Like, she starts yeah. out, yeah. we meet her alone, and she she ends the book alone, mm-hmm. um, quite literally. She's the ghost girl. Yep. She's yeah. the ghost yeah. girl, and I just, that line, like, what do I do when the nights get cold? Like, so, like, it's her saying, like, yeah, you're out there, you're you're having your fun, um, but what about me? What am what am I supposed to do? Uh, and that I don't know. That just resonated with me. I really liked it. Mm. You know what else just struck me when you were talking about that is how Katniss also talks about running away, right? Like in the middle of, mm-hmm. of in the beginning of Catching Fire, she's like, <clears throat> yeah, take off for the woods and stuff. But Katniss is like, no, we we have to collect our people. Like, we, it can't just be us. You mm-hmm. know, like Prim's got to come, and you know, um, Gail's different, family. Yeah, Gail's family. Yeah. Gail, um, Peter, of course, right? Like, she's she's collecting her people. Whereas Lucy Gray, like, she does go off, and she does it without the covey. Yeah. Uh, you know, so she is kind of a little bit of that loner, and that got that independent streak. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I yeah. think it was more just Never she felt that, that she was, I think she felt more like she was protecting them by leaving them behind, though, because mm-hmm. she felt like she was a danger to them because the mayor had it mm-hmm. out for her, right? So Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, but wouldn't that be the same, you know, like, what would the mayor do to them when she left, right? Like, yeah. that, it's the same mm-hmm. with Katniss. Like, if she sure. thought, like, if, you know, I could leave, but, like, they would just take it out on them. So, like, let's let's all go. Let's all be safe together. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what really struck me about it because, like, she's in a. She, there's almost like this sense of like, no matter what she does, she won't be able to move beyond whatever's within her. Um, it, it'll always, it'll haunt, it'll haunt her family if she goes. It'll haunt them if, it'll haunt her if, if she stays. Um, okay. And yet, at the same, so she's so lonely, but at mm. the same time, she doesn't want to be alone. She just doesn't know what what else to do. Mm-hmm. I just, I really, yeah. 
goodness, she fell for snow. How lonely do you have to be? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. To be fair to her, though, he is very charming, right? So yes, yes. (laughs) And when you come off a tribute train after not being fed for three days, and he's there or something for you, well. Like, marry me already. <laughs> okay, so mine is from chapter 30 when they're in the woods and they're talking. And um, <clears throat> So I'm going to have to read back a little bit for context, but Coralina says, You know what I won't miss? People. Except for a handful, they're mostly awful if you think about it. And Lucy Gray says, People aren't so bad, really. It's what the world does to them. Like us in the arena, we did things in there we'd never have considered if they just left us alone. And he says, I don't know. I killed Mayfair and there was no arena in sight. But only to save me. She thought it over. I think there's a natural goodness built into human beings. You know when you've stepped across the line into evil, and it's your life's challenge to try and stay on the right side of that line. Mm. So I thought that was interesting because that's right before um, he finds the guns and right before he turns on her. And (laughs) so she's just said this, this thing, like, you know, like this is she's talking about this line that he he knows about that he has to step over and he just goes and steps right over it <laughs> right? so i i thought that was really i, I really like that part because i was I, like i said in this chapter i was wondering like how is she gonna there's obviously gonna be some kind of wild 180 yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah I, I liked how she did that by having lucy gray saying you know there's a line and you're gonna have to decide about whether you're going to cross it and he just storms right over it. <laughs> and she knows that he's going to do it too. So yeah. I mean, even though she falls does. for him, she knows she knows him. So, yeah. What a realization to make about somebody that you like though. Like I that know. has to that has to be so it be like, well, the guy that I have a crush on is kind of a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. I have to get rid of this. I'm going to have to contemplate my choices. I mean, she likes Billy Tope, so, like, he was pretty crazy as well. <laughs> yeah, she does not have good, yeah, good choices. <laughs> no, no, no. But, you know, I, I, I mean, even though we said that, you know, uh, she probably didn't survive, you know, I, I would like it that if she, that she did. Maybe mm-hmm. she made it to the north and she found people and she just lived out her life in obscurity. <laughs> Yeah, nice. I just want her to be happy. <laughs> North is District 13, right? Like what they're referring yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. That's That was my thought. Like, cause what I, else I would it be? Somebody, I saw somebody online be like, oh, it's like a, it's like a random forest community. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't think so. And Maybe there's other coveys that yeah, are out yeah, there. Yeah. Right. Or like something like that. Yeah. <laughs> But at the same Maybe time, you have happened. to wonder, like, what are the odds of her, like, randomly running into people? Yeah. 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 In the wilderness. The, the, the odds are very low. So, yeah. They're not in her favor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are probably going to have another podcast uh, in a couple of weeks where we're going to... Um, you know, try to get uh, some of the other people that didn't get a chance to finish the book on time for this podcast. And then hopefully we'll have a nice big discussion and maybe we can talk about um, some of the bigger themes again and um, 
Oh, and uh, Tash had asked me to write this down. <laughs> but in our Jabber Days discussion in, in the on Facebook, um, in our group, I had I had come up with the compare because um, I've been talking about how I I went into this book not really understanding what there was to like about a book about Snow when he was a teenager because oh he's we, we hate him right so <laughs> we found out but I I came up with the comparison that Snow is like the Titanic you know he's gonna sink. <laughs> but watching it sink and watching all the things that happened on the me- in the meantime ended up being pretty fascinating and pretty good to watch. So, uh, so yeah, he's 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 sinking to the bottom of the ocean. And <laughs> we, we were saying we were joking that Doctor Gall is the iceberg. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. I like that one. I thought that was good. I like that, that one was too. A good one. Yeah. Lucy Gray could have been his um, lifeboat, but yep. Too bad. Uh, uh, Tigris was that lifeboat, and he just didn't get on it. <laughs> he had so many lifeboats. He had so many lifeboats. He did. Yeah. Ignore them yeah. all. Yep. Yep. Uh, but no, it'd be good to reread, and then yeah, hopefully catch up with with more people. And yeah. Yep. Yeah. And no, thank yeah, you. Because for... I, I do want to hear from Kira. <laughs> I know she's yeah. Really, she's and doing oh, it, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I look forward to Carla's thoughts too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. She has so many. We were messaging the other day. (laughs) Did she start reading yet? I think so, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I think she got a copy (laughs) in. Oh, good. It's funny because uh, Carla doesn't care about spoilers, just like Tash, so I I was telling her, (laughs) after I I read the the chapter with Sejanus' death, I was telling her that I... I, I, I was I was telling her that I was crying and that I was so crushed and she was like, You're making me not want to read it <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that she started. <laughs> it's it's okay. she, everybody should read it. Any last thoughts? Gotta read it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, same. Same more of you know, yeah, more of my mind. Yeah, I just wanna hear everyone else's thoughts as well. Like I wanna hear mm. yeah, there there's a lot more. Mm. Keep the comments coming in our discussion. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been really cool to yeah, chat about. I, I, I think if you've been listening to our, the, our three episodes discussion, you'll understand that you know there were some skeptics among us about this book, but we are all well on board, and we all really enjoyed the the book. So, very grateful that she wrote this one. Lots to talk about, lots to contemplate, um, lots to discuss. So, yeah. Absolutely. It was a wild ride. That that's one thing. That's a, that's something that a lot of people say when they finish is wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank I you, mean, Suzanne. Yeah. Yeah. Be- and, and especially that that la- that last line. I'm a real stickler for last lines in books. Oh. But when I got to that last oh, they're make line, or break. Like, yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. But yeah. She 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 nailed that one. <laughs> <laughs> he did. And it's like it, it was almost top, so top. obvious, but it like it made perfect sense. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, I loved it too. Okay, so um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, keep an eye on our website, www.jabberjays.net, for the latest news on the book and the upcoming adaptation. And you can follow us on Twitter at hdjabberjays. You can find us on Facebook at jabberjays.net and on Instagram at jabberjaysnet. Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Good night. Bye. Bye, guys. Good morning. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>